Welcome to Wisdom Radio, an ad-free premium podcast fully supported by our listeners. This is Andy Height. Welcome. I'm so excited to have Dr. Lori Nadell with us today. Um, she, you know, during this time of coronavirus and acute stress or stress in general, I think, can't think of a better guest to have on. Um, Dr. Nadell is a psychotherapist. She's an expert in PTSD and trauma. Um, she is an author, um, which we'll hear more about in a minute. Um, and she's also a popular guest on um, shows like CNN Coast to Coast with George Norrie. And um, so this is Stress Awareness Month, April. And it's kind of ironic that here we are in the middle of this, what feels like um, private stress, but Everybody that I talk to in terms of my friends are feeling it. You you must be in the middle of this. Tell us about the stress that people are feeling right now. Oh, thank you. Firstly, thank you, Angie, so much for having me on your show. Really, uh, it's a privilege for me uh, to be talking to you and to your listeners. Um, I think it's important right now because this is a global issue to understand that uh, there's well, that there are two basic kinds of stress. And when we say that we're stressed, we're usually referring to distress, which means unhealthy stress. But there's also eustress, which is EU stress, which is uh, healthy stress or pleasurable stress, like uh, getting an award, uh, celebrating an anniversary of a, of a marriage or some or birthday, for example, um, doing a good presentation uh, online, um, a feeling of accomplishment that floods us with the same stress hormones. Um, as distress, um, only in a, a different kind of combination of flow. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, when we're when we're facing uh, life and death or something tragic, a sudden violent event in which we can be bearing witness to suffering, it could be a near miss on the highway. It could be um, watching coronavirus coverage on TV. Um, or anything actually that we look at, you know, any kind of disturbing video or images, um, or knowing somebody who is directly affected, especially now by this pandemic, um, hearing about somebody close to you who may have died because of the virus. Um, the, the these life and death encounters, which are troubling and unexpected, and and basically disturb our sense of safety in the world are what we call acute stress. And so ironically, April is stress awareness month, but but we are all, and I think, you know, probably, you know, all over the world, people are being flooded with surges of stress hormones that are uh, similar to what people on the front lines go through every day, first responders, firemen, uh, reporters, uh, emergency room personnel. And when that happens, um, it's normal to feel a, a combination of physical and uh, emotional and even, um, you know, cognitive or, um, you know, uh, uh, effect, impacts that affect our ability to make survival decisions under pressure. 
And that's why it's important to understand that if you are feeling nauseous or you're feeling exhausted or you feel weak, you don't feel like exercising, you have headaches, you're either eating too much or not eating at all, um, you're having strange dreams or maybe even nightmares. Um, and and you're and, and here's the the, the 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 keynote here is that you're filled with a sense of horror and helplessness when you think about this event. Uh, because it is a life and death event, which is potentially threatening each and every one of us um, because it's so random and unpredictable. So we get the sense that we're safe or we're not safe in our own skin. We may have flashes of irritability or outbursts, and we may even find that the isolation uh, for many people um, adds to the stress overload. So, so, so basically, this is an extreme form of distress as opposed to eustress, eustress, which is no. what people will feel when we can go mm -hmm. back and socialize and celebrate and see our friends. Yeah, it's. Um, thank you so much for uh, for describing that because I I think m most of us can relate to those feelings. Um, I know when this first started, I almost felt a little paralyzed, like a deer in the headlight, like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was, you know, um, and I think you hit it, uh, the nail on the head with the randomness of it. Um, the fact that you don't even feel comfortable in your own home with groceries coming in or, you know, this, and it's so invisible. It's an invisible threat. Um, right. uh, so what can... What can one do, or are there phases um, of this, and what can one do to, let's say, turn the volume down? I, I know it's probably impossible for us to completely turn it off, but let's talk about turning the volume down on that stress, and what are some things that people can do? Well, I think the first thing, and, and I've, I've been privileged to work on a critical incident stress management team uh, where we, we worked with first responders and teachers uh, in Parkland after the shooting. And, and the first line of defense for acute stress is information, which is know the signs and understand that this is an extraordinary event and that your body and mind are responding um, to the extremity of the event with symptoms that are uh, troubling and which may disturb or interfere with your normal processing and your normal activities. And so you may find um, that taking a news break, I would say, you know, uh, try to turn off your phone and your screens for an hour a day and do something different. Um, take a walk, um, you know, rest, read, uh, stretch, um, talk to talk to a friend, you know, use use your use your phone as a phone to make contact, listen to somebody's voice. Um, I think that you know developing a habit where you do it every day for 30 days, where you have one hour of uh, free to to do something that's not connected to anything online or or the television it's kind of a a screen break if you will if you can take a news break for 24 hours i find that that's very rejuvenating just turn it all off for 24 hours. If anything urgent happens, believe me, someone will tell you about it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you, and you even talked about something called techno stress. What is that? <laughs> well, well, you know, it's funny because the, the, um, 
the isolation or the, you know, the, it's not even social distancing now, these stay at, stay at home orders um, are, are stress amplifiers. And when we spend too much time online, we spend too much time in front of screens, there's a field of study called techno-stress, which looks at the impact of technology, which was supposed to relieve stress, and it looks at how it has actually added a burden in terms of time, in terms of paying attention to what's on uh, what's on the screen, uh, FROMO, the fear of missing out, the amount of time that people spend on social media, how people react to social media. Uh, for many people, what happens on Facebook is more important than what happens in real time with real people. So um, we can get lost in that world. And it adds a layer of stress that we would not otherwise have. So it's important to modulate and moderate the amount of time that we spend online. Um, Andy, as you pointed out before we started, uh, we're also being exposed to more, um, you know, low-grade EMF electromagnetic frequency waves, which do affect our brain waves and and which do, um, you know, potentially uh, add a, a, another source of of stress, which can. And, and here's the, here's the the most important point: too much stress or, or stress overload will damage the immune system. It does prevent the immune system from functioning. When we sleep, the immune system rebuilds and repairs itself. And when our sleep is erratic or disturbed, we're not getting enough rest because we're overstimulated by always looking at the phone, then uh, guess what? We're not helping our immune system. So we really need to build in periods of time where we hit the pause button and let our souls catch up, mm-hmm. even if it's only five minutes a day. Well, that's really, really good advice. And I uh, I know a lot of people sleep with their phones on as alarm clocks, which also uh, is, can't be good, having that no. microwave radiation all night long. Um, I suppose putting them into, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, airplane mode, or just yeah. turning them off. And getting right. a real alarm clock. Um, it, of course, none of us are really going too many places right now. But still, uh, in general, um, I do think that that EMF thing is something we could probably have a whole show about. Um, let's talk about your um, phases of healing. Uh, let's say that I am now coming down a little bit from my uh daily acute stress and feeling frozen to a point where I can get through the day functioning pretty well. Um, Maybe I have periods of it, but I really now want to focus on making myself as healthy as I can be under the circumstances so that my immune system can be strong. Um, Is it possible to you know, heal while you're under stress? Or can you, as you know, I mentioned before, turn that stress down a little bit and then focus on meditation or healing practices? What are some of your recommendations? Well, I I recommend actually in, in my book, The Five Gifts, Discovering Hope, Healing, and Strength When Disaster Strikes. Um, I, I talk about soul vitamins and uh, one of the things that happens when we're we're busy, and in a weird way, even though everyone has kind of melted into this new 
open-ended kind of free-form lack of appointments and schedules except for the online appointments um, it's very easy to lose our lose lose ourselves in focusing on kind of micro details of of you know keeping up with what's going on um, online and I, I again I think it's important to feed yourself little droppers of vitamins throughout the day, just like when you get a baby bird and the baby bird, you know, falls out of its nest and, or, or you have a, a bird that's given birth and you have little babies and you have to feed them like tiny little droppers of vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so fragile and raw right now that, you know, I'd, I, I like, I like to think of ourselves or myself um, as a, as a little bird that needs those vitamins in order to get strong and, and fly. And and soul vitamins can be as simple as looking out the window and really appreciating that the uh, the, the, the tree outside is starting to flower um, or um, hanging out with your pet, you know, very, very healing for the soul or taking a walk, things that, simple things, that we don't uh, normally get to do. Eating regular meals, uh, especially uh, very important that we don't eat alone. So even if we're living alone, you know, perhaps make a phone date or a Zoom date to have lunch with somebody mm. and uh, share a meal. Because um, what, one of the things that we tend to do during and right after a disaster is to eat at our desks or eat in front of the computer. Um, it's really important that we not, not isolate further because isolation can be a stress amplifier. Mm-hmm. So anything that you can do that that kind of nourishes your soul, listen to music. Um, my favorite uh, emotional first aid exercise is just to light a candle mm-hmm. and look at the candle flame for mm-hmm. five minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Harvard research shows that we need 20 minutes of mind-body relaxation and in order to promote a healthy immune system and to stay balanced. Well, and, that doesn't um, seem like... I think most of us, if we were a little disciplined about it, could find 20 minutes to... Um, and, you know, either right before bed or maybe first thing when you wake up in the morning. Um, I've been doing a practice... I forget where I heard about it, but I recorded myself um, doing 10 affirmations. So I, I wrote down 10, cool. 10 things, and it could be anything, right? Um, I feel healthy and strong today. I, um, you know, I will live my day, you know, showing love, showing love to, you know, one person or, you know, whatever it is, you sort of come up with some ideas record them. And then the first thing you do when you wake up is you play them and you say them to yourself. I have found that that has been decreasing my stress because I'm getting out of my bed with the right mindset. Um, instead of, Ooh, what is that little scratch in my throat? Or (laughs) it can snowball, I think. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think that's a wonderful idea. Some people, um, if you have young kids, you have to hit the ground running. And uh, you might not have had a lot of sleep. So, you know, you're not going to be able to sit there and do morning pages. Uh, and here in the Northeast, uh, I, I don't know anyone who can sit still for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, um, you know, when I, I was studying mind-body medicine, 
uh, with Dr. Herbert Benson, who wrote the uh, the first book, The Relaxation Response, which really opened up the study of mindfulness for uh, health and healing. And uh, Dr. Benson's research and, and, and his students' research has shown that if we take four five-minute breaks during the day to close our eyes, to do something um, that promotes well-being. And one of the things that we can do if we're not um, formally, if we don't have a meditation practice, um, we can just sit and think about uh, a color that we find soothing, or we can just close our eyes and go back to a time when we were on vacation, or one of my, uh, my own um, optimal state uh, activities is to step into a control room. And when you step into your control room, it has on the screens, on the monitors, you can see yourself at periods and, and events in your life doing things that really gave you a sense of health and well-being. Um, because the research, Dr. Benson's research shows that when we, we go back into a time of remembered wellness, a time when we were at our peak and we really experienced what that felt like, we are reactivating those molecules of emotion and we are flooding ourselves. We're like giving ourselves a booster shot of vitamin B12, of all of these wonderful optimal states when we were at our peak, when we were in a state of flow, when we were in a kind of Zen place or when we were doing our favorite sport or when we were just really cheerful and happy and enjoying time with our friends or out there on a picnic or sailing. And so you walk into your control room and, and the whole control room, all the monitors are filled with screens showing us in those happy optimal states and we remember on a cellular level what it's like to experience wellness. And that will give us that boost that we need when we open our eyes and go back into our regular daily life, that, that we can function at an optimal level and that will lower our stress levels. Very nice. Remembered wellness. I like that. Yeah. Um, I imagine it goes the other way too. Uh, with uh, you know, and, yeah, well, I, the reason I bring this up is uh, many of the listeners of this show will will know that you know I went through a period of about ten years when I had Lyme disease where I just was not well, and it it was health trauma. I think I went through health trauma during that mm -hmm. time, and I noticed when this whole thing came up, it almost it's almost like it was triggering all those memories of that time. And, um, and I didn't want that. I didn't want to go back for, for you know, but, uh, so can it work both ways and how do you control that? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, we can spiral, you know, down, you know, uh, we call it, I, I call it going down into the cave and, uh, uh, the cave is, is, I, I call it sometimes the room of depression, and uh, the room of depression is dark and there's a voice in the room that says, this is all there is. And you may have thought you were happy once, but that was just a, that was just a fantasy because sooner or later you're going to end up in this dark room because I am reality. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think everybody has that, that room or that, that inner place. And um, I always ask people, is there a window in the room of depression? And most people don't have a window. So I said, okay, let's put a window because it's your room. Put a window in, in the room of depression and now look out the window. 
and they go, oh, because it's usually green outside. They're fresh, and you can look out, you can see a garden, or you can see a path, but you see something other than what's in the room. And as soon as you can see, as soon as your mind can conceive of and see something outside the room of depression, then, um, oh my God, you have broken the spell mm -hmm. of that voice that says, I am all there is. And eventually, you can put in a door and you can actually leave the room of depression mindfully so that even when events happen that, um, and again, with health trauma, I, I'm so sorry that you went through it. I, I have had um, a number of um, health traumas. People I've worked with people who've had medical traumas where they've woken up during surgery and they have mm. something called surgical awareness where they had a nightmare, you know, delivery experience when they were, um, when they were in labor mm -hmm. and now they're pregnant again. So I, I do work with people who've had uh, health trauma and it's, it's very hard not to slide down that, that spiral uh, when you relapse or when you get sick again. And so it's really important to have that control room that you can go to or to know that you can breathe in uh, a soothing color, a relaxing color, and let it find its way through all of the muscles and nerves and fibers in your body so that you feel at least calm and safe within your own skin. And then as you exhale, you can relieve any stress or disturbing sensations by breathing out a different color mm. so that um, that will that. help to modulate that, that you know, we, we can't really control it. I can end up in that room of depression very easily mm -hmm. because I have a chronic condition and I when I relapse, I go, oh, no, not this again. Right. And then <laughs> it's like, uh-oh, here I am. Well, this is my reality. You're never going to get better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then all that stuff starts. And I have to say, okay, I'm going to have to go into that control room now yeah. and just get myself out of the, get get myself out of this room yep. because uh, we have to keep the, the chronic illness or something like Lyme that can come back. We need to have these Jedi mind tricks available <laughs> because there is a psychological component to chronic health issues, and um, yes. it can be debilitating. Yes. They can right. really. They can really be debilitating. Now, with it's interesting because with uh, with Lyme, I did a lot of well, tried everything, right? Like everybody, you you try everything. You probably right. go to a gazillion different yeah. doctors. Yeah. And, oh, please! But yeah. but ultimately, the thing that helped me the most, believe it or not, was humming. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Humming and visualization. So what I did was, and I don't even know if there's any truth to this, but this is what I visualized. I would, um, I would hum through my nose and then into my throat and into my body. And I would sort of imagine that my body had this very familiar resonance, uh, frequency. Um, so all the little cells in my body could sort of vibrate at this frequency when I would oh, be that's humming. Great. That's um, great. but the stealth viruses or, you know, like a Lyme, um, or right. like COVID, um, right. They like to hide out and they like to hide out in our cells so that right. our immune system can't see them. But my theory was that when you're, when you're uh, humming, let's say for 10, 10 minutes a day, they can't hide out because they're not, they're not vibrating at that frequency. And so your immune system suddenly can see them dead on and say, oh, there you are. And just, you know, eat them up. And, um, I don't. I don't. I, I know. I did. I have read that humming though is um, beneficial. 
There have been studies that it increases the level of nitric oxide in your nasal passages, which is um, an antiviral uh, gas that we naturally produce. Um, I, I think it increases it like 15 or 20 fold. And so, mm-hmm. and not only that, but just, I think humming is very soothing um, and it helps to relax you. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Well, of course, there's a whole field of sound healing, which works on frequencies. Oh. And so that, that makes a, a ton of sense to do that. I'd never actually heard that, but I think that that's great. Yeah, um, I, I don't think there are any studies on that, but maybe there should be. <laughs> maybe there should be. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, there, there's, there's, uh, there's humming. There's, there, of course, chanting, which creates a kind of humming-like vibration in the body. Mm. And um, you, you can uh, go to templeofsacredsound.com, and they have a number of different. Uh, holy sound or sacred sound chambers that have beautiful kind of light shows. But one of them, and this is my favorite one, is it is ah, which is the universal sound of release. And if you play the ah sound, um, it sets up a sensation in your body that's kind of like humming. Mm. Um, and then there's one that has the ohm sound, and each of these uh, each of these screens has wonderful kind of kaleidoscopic, changing kind of psychedelic light shows as well. And then there's a third one which I'm I'm not uh, familiar with, but it's called TempleOfSacredSound.com, and um, it's it's the work of Jonathan Goldman, who is one of the pioneers in sound healing. Um, really, it, it's really worth a, a, a look and a listen. Well, thank um, you. I think people would enjoy that. Hey, well, while we're on the subject of websites, I'd like to give your website because you have um, links there to some of your wonderful books. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that um, so people can you. find you. And uh, I don't know if you are uh, also doing the Zoom sessions, um, but yeah, let's let's talk about you a little bit here. Oh, well, thank you. Um, what would you like to know? <laughs> so your website, Lori Nadell, um, and that's with an E-L, not an A-L at the end, um, dot com. Um, yes. And then your book, um, you, you have one in particular that I get. Did you write the five, um, uh, where is it here? It's in my notes. Uh, South, you have the sixth sense. Yeah. But then you the, go ahead. The five gifts. The, the five, five gifts. gifts. Yes. yes. Let's talk about that one. And um, did did you write that in response to nine eleven or to personal trauma? What where did that come from? Well, I I lost my home during Hurricane Sandy, oh, and um, the nightmare of um, dealing with you know FEMA and the insurance company and construction and. Um, and, and also the emotional trauma of having lost my little beach cottage and a very lovely, very safe way of life where we, we didn't even need to lock our doors. And, you know, there's a lifeguard on every corner. It's a great place to raise a, a little girl. And uh, so it, it was very emotional and, and very disturbing because I think as people um, may be finding out, 
uh, when there's a disaster, we're, we're basically on our own and we, we have to make survival decisions on our own and we have to deal with, um, you know, whether it's FEMA or whether it's, you know, um, the bank or whether it's the credit card company, you know, we're kind of out there fighting for f financial survival every day. And uh, because I had worked with teenagers whose fathers were killed in the World Trade Center attacks on 9-11, I, I knew that healing from a disaster takes several years. And I, and I want to emphasize that again, that um, what we're going through now will impact us psychologically for quite a long time afterwards, e even after they find a vaccine and even after the quarantines mm -hmm. stop. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be a long-term kind of stop-start healing process. And so I was running uh, kind of support groups in my community because of what I had learned from working with these kids after 9-11. And one day I sat uh, to meditate and uh, my guide um, or my higher self, someone who knows a lot more than I do, whispered five words, which were humility, patience, empathy, forgiveness, and growth. And the voice said, these are the five gifts. He said, write them down. Said, these are the five gifts that will help you to heal from this. And please share these gifts with others. And so they became part of the foundation of the uh, work that I was doing uh, with uh, the Hurricane Sandy community. Very interesting. And, Can uh, you say those yes. again? Sure. Um, humility, patience, empathy, forgiveness, and growth. Now, we're seeing a lot of wonderful community support and an outpouring of support for um, healthcare workers, uh, people who work in the grocery stores, and any, anyone who's showing up to work with the public is doing a very courageous job. Mm -hmm. And we, as a, as a human community, uh, as a global community, are showing our appreciation and making eye contact. And, you know, we're, we're all sharing our vulnerability, you know, in these moments. And we're seeing the power of the gift of empathy. Yeah. The thing is that we need sustainable empathy. We need this to go on for a few years even um, when the even when the death rate slows down and we flattened the curve and now we're, we're back to more or less normal or social distancing kind of uh, activities. I love um, that. Yeah. Empathy in the beginning is very exciting and it, and, it, and it feels great to give and to receive empathy, mm -hmm. but we really need sustainable empathy. What starts to happen after six months is that um, people who are suffering or people who are grieving uh, or people who are still scared will, will start to get messages from friends or coworkers. Well, what's wrong with you? Snap out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all back to work. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, you should, you should stop thinking so much, you know, you need, and they'll start telling you all these activities that you should do so that you can just get over it. Right. Cause it's, it's is, uncomfortable for people to, um, stay in that space too long because as you say it's a it's a vulnerable place right and you know but but people you know when you've been through a life shattering experience and and this is you know for for all of us it it's an, we call it an imprint it's it's like a, a marker 
in our bodies, in our cells. Uh, we will measure time, just like in New York, we measure time before 9-11 and since 9-11. And now we will measure time in, in terms of our personal biological landmarks. Like we may say, well, um, the quarantine happened a week after the baby's birthday, mm -hmm. or it was just you know a month before my wedding anniversary. So we all have our kind of personal landscape of time or our mm -hmm. own personal calendar of time. We will all have this uh, quarantine as a personal personal marker before COVID and during COVID and since COVID. So it, it's kind of now in our psychological history timeline. Sure. It's part of our map of the world. And it's okay. And, and it's okay to accept that and um, work through it. Exactly. And it's okay to have it as a point of reference and to understand that periodically when we don't expect it, and it could be a year from now, it could be, you know, like, Oh, during the summer when you're having a good time at the beach, you could be suddenly flooded with tears. Um, and that's normal because there's a grief process that many people are going through now, which has to do with the loss of our normal way of life. So these five gifts, to go back to that humility, is the grace to just accept that something unthinkable has happened and that we really can't understand it. It may take time, it may even take a few years before we can come to terms with it, but it's bigger than we are. And humility is the grace of accepting that things happen that are outside our control and that are greater than we are. Mm -hmm. Patience is the gift that I call it the unbearable gift because we all want it now. We want this to be over. Uh, we want instant gratification. If something makes, if the news makes us uncomfortable, we want to swipe it away or change the channel. And when it happens to us, we cannot change the channel and we don't know what to do. And patience is the gift that allows us to handle uncomfortable emotions that go on longer than we think they should. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because People who um, live, I've spoke in my book, The Five Gifts, I've talked to people from other countries and other cultures who have lived with long periods of hardship. And one of the one of the gifts that parents give their children is the gift of patience, understanding that in life there are cycles of hardship, and that happens to everyone in this human journey. And nobody is immune from cycles of suffering and hardship, but it's a cycle and it will come to an end. Empathy is the gift that kind of gives us the courage to keep going. And it's, it's, a, it's great to give us a sense of connection because it's really the antidote to despair. I think asking somebody else, you know, calling a friend and saying, hey, how are you doing? What do you need? Maybe there's nothing that you can give them, but just asking the question and listening will give somebody else hope. And so empathy is the great connect. It's like the universal donor. Um, forgiveness, very important to forgive ourselves because we couldn't prevent this. And for those of us who get sick anyway, even though we've been quarantined or, um, you know, we opened our mail or, um, you know, it was, you know, who knows? <laughs> it's so random and it, it's so weird. I mean, who knows when or how or where we could have contacted, you know, this microscopic pathogen and, you know, inhaled it in some way. Um, it's really important to forgive ourselves because forgiveness is really the key and the bridge to reconciling with the unthinkable. And the final gift is growth. 
And we're all growing as long as we're alive. We're growing whether we want to or not because our cells are regenerating all the time. And, um, you know, to be alive means that we are growing in every moment. Our liver replaces itself, I think, every 90 days. You can read all these, uh, all the research about cellular regeneration. And uh, when we when we experience the gift of post-traumatic growth, we can look back at that event and we can say, you know, I wish it had never happened. I would never wish it on anybody else but I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't learned and experienced what I went through because it's given me um, new strength and, and new optimism to build a different life for myself and my loved ones tomorrow. Mm. So growth is kind of the bridge to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's uh, all of the five gifts I mean, you can take them or leave them because they're not they're not laws, they're not requirements, and they're gifts. Mm-hmm. But each of them, you know, and together, I was going to call my book The Five Unbearable Gifts. Mm-hmm. And Buddhists loved that. They went, oh, my God, that's the perfect title. Uh, but publishers hated it. <laughs> and, and, and publishers said, I don't understand if they're unbearable, no one will want them. And I said, that's the point. Nobody wants them until you need them. And then they're the gifts that will get you through the long haul. Right, right. I love that. Well, that's good. So people can pick that up. And um, yeah. I'm sure you go into way more detail um, in the book as well. And um, it's pro- is it available in audio book? Uh, not available in audiobook yet, but Kindle, it's I'm... available on Kindle. Okay, great. And of course, you know, Amazon is, it, you know, shipping books is not a, a high priority. Right, I just heard that. Right now. Yeah, right. And, uh, but Kindle books are available. And uh, if anybody is listening and you, you really, you know, you're, you're having a tough time financially, um, please go to my website and just click, click on the contact button. And uh, I'll be happy to send you a free uh, ebook of the five gifts. And uh, I'm also offering free 15-minute complimentary sessions Mm -hmm. where I can teach you a couple of emotional first aid. Mm -hmm. I call them Jedi mind tricks that can help take the edge off panic and uh, helplessness. Okay, wonderful. Um, That's great. Yeah, that's laurinadel.com. laurinadel.com with a um, nadel, N-A-D-E-L.com. Right. I want to read something to you. We're talking here, uh, you had mentioned this, um, well, patience, uh, uh, humility. uh, I think of like the silver lining um, of seeing things in a new way. And one thing, I've been taking these daily walks um, and looking up at the sky, which is it's just been so blue um, without any little lines from airplanes. And right. it seems as though the turkeys and, and where I live, the the deer, every the wildlife seems to be much closer. Um, you know, maybe they're not as afraid of cars. I don't know what's going on. But suddenly it's like nature's on display. And it's spring. And Sunday um, was Easter. Uh, and I was thinking about resurrection of really more like rebirth um, in the springtime. And so this is what came to me, and I wanted to read it to you. I'm calling it She Will Rise Again. Earth is spinning, moon goes round, the sun still rises without us around. The oceans 
bluer the sky is too. Let's stay locked up, me and you. This speck called corona has helped me see the virus mankind is to the land and the sea. Can we learn to live lighter, bring a future that's brighter, find out what we can do to get Earth out of ICU, emerge from our homes in a month or two with a fresh understanding and a perspective that's new? Can we fly and drive greener, eat less meat, (laughs) be less meaner, telecommute more, love nature, and open the door? I don't want to be like Corona. I want to show I'm way more than a collection of cells that destroy. What for? Together we can raise her up, pour new life into her cup, flatten her curve, learn how to serve, resurrect her, and show ourselves that we're way more than we were before. Wow, that is so beautiful and so powerful. That's really exquisite. It, Thank you so much. Sure. It's, uh, it's just something that, uh, as you were saying, you know, sometimes things come to us, and it was this feeling that, a familiarity that, you know, we are in some ways acting like a virus on the earth um, by taking, so, so true. you know, and that what can we learn from this tiny little speck that's brought us to our knees that, um, what can we learn from the virus about how we, what we don't want to be? <laughs> You know, it's interesting. For many people, it, it's kind of a, um, it, it's kind of like a release. Um, I'm, I'm getting emails from people and and phone calls from people. Well, um, you know, time, digital time, has kind of dissolved, which is normal after or during a disaster. Um, you you kind of get more in sync with uh, biological time, which, as you said, is the pulse of the earth. You know, it's how native people and indigenous people around the world have told have told time. You know, for for eons, which is the rising of the sun, uh, the cycles of the moon, the cycles of the tide, planting season, growing season. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's you know it's new growth season because it's spring. Um, it's very, very beautiful to live in harmony with uh, the natural world. Mm. And I think that a lot of people are finding a peace in not having to uh, rush around, um, you know, going from, you know, work to yoga class to, um, you know, various meetings and getting up in the morning and riding public transportation or sitting on the highway for hours, you know, each way getting to and from the office. Uh, I think that it's really giving people time to pause and reflect on what's most important to them. Mm -hmm. And as you say, to to really... um, re-explore our relationship with nature, both on a personal level and on a global level. Because as you said, you know, we, we, we are the virus mm-hmm. that has, um, you know, that has been infecting the world that we know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's really important to think about um, what we can do as individuals and how we can come together to in, in terms of healing each other and holding each other up during this particular difficult time, uh, we can also be thinking of how we can partner to help to heal nature around mm-hmm. us. Right. Because... Walk, um, walk out of this, almost like it's like a the gift of a reset button in a way. Yes, um, it can be. 
and now, of course, it's uh, it, it has this uh, tragic side to it. Of course, nobody wants to see anybody sick or um, dying. Um, but it's almost like out of ashes, you know. The the if we truly are all, all part of the oneness, um, and you know. Virus is part of that too. I mean, I guess a virus that's, has a, has a role to play. I think that's very true because you know, again, we remember that in in any lifetime. And I was reading. Uh, there's an article in the New Yorker, uh, which you can look up online, about the history of pandemics. And pandemics have been part of human history, um, going back to you know the BC era. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they're 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 part of the natural order of a destructive uh, our, it's a like a destructive force like a fire right and it's um you know it it's something that again you know happens in a cycle the cycle may be a number of years mm-hmm. uh, that people are, are are dealing with this and uh, and and so and a lot of people's lives are sacrificed but it's part of the journey um, in this incarnation, you know, our souls are in human form, but the human form, we are bio, bioorganisms, we're mammals, just like other mammals, mm-hmm. and we're susceptible to uh, pestilence and infestation and plague, just like all mammals and all bioorganisms are. Yeah, and, and I, I so, think this whole, this generation, we have mastery over so much of that now with medications and mm-hmm. Uh, awareness too of uh, home, you know, different ways to keep ourselves healthy. Right. Um, so we're very lucky. And when something like this happens, it's just a reminder that mm, you're part of this whole living thing, this system. Exactly. And so again, if we focus on what our soul needs, you know, our creativity is very important. Um, whatever you can do that, uh, whether it's doodling while you're on the phone or crafting or, um, you know, doing something that um, you know, song. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make, you know, write, writing songs, playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a story that I, I quote in my book that was originally told by Jack Cornfield um, in his program, The Roots of Buddhist Psychology. And uh, he, he's, he talks about this man who used to play his violin in the, the town square in the middle of Sarajevo during the Bosnian War where um, the bombs were going off and there were snipers. And every afternoon at four, he would go out in the square and he would play classical music on his uh, violin. And people would say, you know, why are you doing that? My God, you know, like, like you're crazy. Why are you doing that? Mm. And, and the man would say, because the world needs music more than anything. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, and I bet even the soldiers would just pause and listen and... Uh, and, you know, you see that people now just sort of spontaneously showing up. Um, what was the opera singer that showed up in Italy? Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, on Andrea social Bocelli. media. Yeah. 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 The giving of their gift uh, online. You see a lot of uh, musicians um, mm-hmm. uh, doing these Facebook lives. And um, mm-hmm. actually, we just did one the other night. That was a lot of fun. And um, it is an opportunity for um, sharing and creativity. And it does feed the soul. Yes, it does feed the soul. And, you know, this is a time for each of us to find our music, 
whatever it is, whether it's music, whether it's uh, art, whether it's baking. Um, a lot of people are baking, uh, yeah. whether it's making ice cream sundaes, whatever, whatever it might be, find your music and, you know, enjoy it and have fun with it and share it if you're comfortable sharing it. Uh, because that's how creativity, I believe, is the most powerful healing force in the world, because it's the force of creating new life and regeneration. Yes. And there's a Hindu proverb that I also quote in The Five Gifts, uh, which goes like this. It says, even the withered branch grows again and the sunken moon returns. Very similar to your poem. Wise ones who ponder this are not troubled in adversity. And so we need, if we're looking at silver lining, mm -hmm. you know, the silver lining is that that this this cycle will end and we can have hope that the that that there will be new growth, there will be new opportunities, there will be new adventures, there will be new life. We are not going back to normal because there is never we never go back. And I I personally don't like the, the term the new normal, because it implies that we should be habituated to pain and suffering. Oh, this is the new normal. Just get used to it. Um, it's not about getting used to it. It's about coming to terms with it. And we call it metabolizing in trauma work. We say it's like we have to digest it. And it can take a long time to digest, just like eating a heavy meal because it's hard work for the psyche to, to digest something unthinkable like a mass fatality event. But in time, we will regenerate and we will regrow and we will create new life uh, out, of, out of the soil, the terrain of this, of this tragedy. And we, yes. we, well, we will you. experience that um, as a natural part of, of the healing journey, which is taking place whether we are aware of it or not. Yes. Because the instinct to heal is universal. Mm. I love that. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for joining me for this uh, time, this time to reflect on what's happening um, and our place in it, what we can do to maintain our buoyancy and our creativity and healing energy amidst um, uh, this this tragedy, really. Um, so I, I I really appreciate your time, and I encourage uh, the listeners to uh, visit your website, uh, Lori Nadell. Read some of your books. Um, you have some other podcasts out there. That's how I discovered you. Um, oh, thank you. And uh, um, thank you so much. And. I hope you stay safe and well. Thank you. And I hope if you're listening that you and your loved ones stay COVID free. And uh, if anybody is sick, uh, remember the unbearable gift of patience because healing is not a straight line, but we'll get through it. Thank you. This is your host, Andy Height. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting Wisdom Radio through your subscription so we can stay ad-free the way we like it. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Wisdom Radio. Guest suggestions are always welcome at wisdomradio.org. Until next time, remember to follow your brightest path.